Hey everyone, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank a few of you for contacting me. And I do listen to what you guys write and I do hear what you say. I want to touch base on one of those letters today. Um, A woman contacted me and she said that she enjoys my podcast very much, but she, she sometimes takes offense to when I say guys. Because uh, they usually say, hey, guys, this is Joe from Modern Human Man. And I continue my thing, and I'll say, hey, guys, talk to you later. Have a good day. And I understand where she's coming from, and I understand the theory behind it. I just wanted to let her know that I do not mean it derogatorily, and nor do I mean that everyone is male that is heathen, nor that it is a male religion. Um, I just say guys in general. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and we're used to saying use guys or you know things of that nature instead of you all or things like that, or yins. So I will try my hardest to begin each of my podcasts with everyone. Like, hey, everyone, how are you doing today? Um, I do feel like I will stumble down then because in my grammatical language as I talk, the word guys is in there, even though I don't write that way. That's how I speak, unfortunately. But I will try my hardest, and I promise to her that I will try my hardest not to do that because I don't want to feel like I'm excluding anyone or have anyone feel as if they are excluded from this religion because it is definitely both a men's and women's religion. Um, As a matter of fact, in my kindred alone, there are more women that run my kindred than there are men. I am the Gothi and we have a rune master who's a male, um, two dragons who are males, and every other position, the vulva, the cedar, the skull, the kindred mother, the valkyrie, and the shield maiden are all women. So we have a lot more women than we have men that run my um, kindred, and I don't find any separation between us at all. Actually, we're all out to do the same thing, so I quite enjoy that. So anyway, this is the next installment to the Prosetta. I do hope you are all enjoying it. Um, this is number 10, 11, and 12. We're almost done. There's only two more episodes of the rest of the Prosetta. I hope you guys are getting uh, something from it. When we're finished with um, all the episodes, we'll discuss a little bit. I'll talk a little bit about what I like about the book, um, more modern ones. There's a couple different um, translations of it. Um, again, this is free on LibriVox if you guys want to go ahead and get it. Um, it's available to you on LibriVox. Uh, there's you guys again. I do apologize if everyone would like to go to LibriVox and get that. They can. And the last thing I'll leave everyone with is my email. It's modernheathenman at gmail.com if you'd like to get a hold of me. Um, you're more than welcome to write me. I do love hearing from you guys. Um, I'm always humbled when someone writes me, in all honesty. Um, it definitely shows people are listening. And you know, it's the, the reason I do this originally was for myself. And to help those people that are, you know, new to Asatru and just getting back into it to really jump back in and make it a little bit easier. I know sometimes it's hard to read the prosetta when you're, you know, moving or if you're a trucker or if you're this or if you're that. It's a lot easier to just sit and listen to it. And then because the podcasts are available for you to go back and listen to again and again and again, and I keep them up there for that. So the reason I did this is just to make it easier for everyone. I remember how hard it was on me when I first began. So I'm trying to eliminate that for everyone else. So without any further ado, the Prosetta, number 10, 11, and 12. Also, I will add this. Please, if you get a chance, visit those um, people I talk about that are heathen businesses. Um, We need to really celebrate our heathen businesses. 
especially those heathen businesses that are all about heathens helping heathens. Um, with that said, here is the Prosetta. I want to thank you all for listening. Grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, fill it with your favorite mead, fill it with your favorite cider or coffee or water or whatever you like. Grab a pillow, sit on the couch where it's nice and cool or sit in the air conditioning somewhere and just listen as uh, the Prosetta is read to you. Thank you. Have a great day. And I'll talk to all of you all later. Parma, sections 3 through 17 of the Prose Edda by Snorri Storluson, translated by Arthur Gilchrist Brodeur, 1888 to 1971. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. The Poesy of Skalds, section 3. Now you shall hear how the skalds have termed the art of poesy in these metaphorical phrases which have been recorded before for example by calling it kvasir's gore and ship of the dwarves dwarves mead mead of the aesir giant's father ransom liquor of odrerir and of bodin and of son and fullness of these liquor of nitbjorg booty and find and gift of odin even as has been sung in these verses which einar tinkling scale wrought i pray the high-souled warder of earth to hear the ocean of the cliff of dwarves my verses hear earl the gore of kvasir and as i near tinkling scale sang further the dwarves crag's song wave rushes o'er all the dauntless shield host of him who speeds the fury of the shield walls piercing sword bane even as ormir steintorsen sang the body of the dame and my dead be born into one hall the drink of dvalin franklin's here and as refer sang i reveal the thought's drink of the rock folk to torstein the billow of the dwarf crag plashes i bid men hearken even as egil sang the prince requires my lore and bound his praise to pour odin's mead i bore to english shore and as gloomer geirison sang let the princely giver hearken i hold the god king's liquor let silence then be granted while we sing the loss of thanes and as avinder sang a hearing i crave for the high one's liquor while i utter gilingir's atonement while his kin in the kettle brewing of the gallows lord to the gods i trace even as einar tinkling scale sang the wave of odin surges of odrerir's sea a billow gainst the tongue's song-blade crashes i our king's works are goodly and as he sang further now that which bodin's billow bodes forth will straight be uttered let the war-king's host make silence in the hall and hear the dwarves ship and as eilifur gudrunerson sang grant shall ye gifts of friendship since grows of sun the seedling in our tongue's fertile sedge-bank true praise of our high lord even as vulustein sang egil hear the heart-streams of odin beat in cadence gainst my palate scary the god's spoil to me is given 
thus sang ormir steintorsen no verse of mine men need to fear no mockery i intertwine in odin's spoil my skill is sure in forging songs of praise thus sang ulfr ugason i show to host glad eilifir i show to host glad eilifir the heart-fjord shoal of odin my song him do i summon to hear the gift of grimnir poesy is called sea or liquid of the dwarves because kvasir's blood was liquid in odrerir before the mead was made and then it was put into the kettle wherefore it is called odin's kettle liquor even as eyvindr sang and as we have recorded before while his kin in the kettle brewing of the gallows lord to the gods i trace moreover poesy is called ship or ale of the dwarves ale is lid and lid is a word for ships therefore it is held that it is for this reason that poesy is now called ship of the dwarves even as this verse tells the wit of gunlud's liquor in swelling wind-like fullness and the everlasting dwarves ship i own to send the same road section four what figures should be employed to paraphrase the name of thor thus one should call him son of odin and of jord father of magni and modi and thrudr husband of sif stepfather of ullr wielder and possessor of mjolnir and of the girdle of strength and of bilskirnir defender of asgard and of midgard adversary and slayer of giants and troll women smiter of hrungnir of geirudr and of trivaldi master of thialvi and ruskva foe of the midgard serpent foster-father of vingnir and hlora so sang bragi the skald the line of odin's offspring lay not slack on the gunwale when the huge ocean serpent uncoiled on the sea's bottom thus sang ulvir cut nose and crop ears the encircler of all regions and Jord's sons sought each other thus sang eilifr wroth stood ruskva's brother and magni's sire wrought bravely with terror thor's staunch heartstone trembled not nor thialfi's and thus sang eystein valdeson with glowing eyes thrudir's father glared at the sea-road circler ere the fish's watery dwelling flowed in the boat confounding eystein sang further swiftly sif's husband bound him to haste forth with the giants for his hardy fishing well sing we hrimnir's horn-stream again he sang the earth-fish tugged so fiercely that ullr's kinsmen clenched fists were pulled out past the gunwale the broad planks rent asunder thus sank bragi the strong fiend's terrifier in his right hand swung his hammer when he saw the loathly sea-fish that all the lands confineth thus sang gamli while the lord of high bilskirnir whose heart no falsehood fashioned swiftly strove to shatter the sea-fish with his hammer thus sang torbjorn lady's skald bravely thor fought for asgard and the followers of odin thus sang bragi and the vast misshapen circler of the ship's sea-path fierce-minded stared from below in anger at the skull-splitter of hrungnir again sang bragi well hast thou hewer in sunder of the nine heads of trivaldi kept thy goats thus sang eilifr the merciless destroyer of the people of the giants 
grasped with ready forearms at the heavy red-hot iron thus sang ulfr uggason faintly the stout frame thickling a fearful peril called it at the great draught wondrous heavy drawn up by the lord of he-goats thus ulfr sang further the very mighty slayer of the mountain man brought crashing his fist on hymir's temple that was a hurt full deadly yet again sang ulfr vimur's ford's wide grappler against the waves smote featly the glittering serpent's head off with old tales the hall was gleaming here he is called giant of vimur's ford there is a river called vimur which thor waded when he journeyed to the garth of geirudr thus sang vetrlidi the skald thou didst break the leg of lycan didst cause to stoop starkadr didst bruise trivaldi thus sang torbjorn's lady skald thou didst smite the head of kaila smash kjallandi altogether ere thou slewest luter and Lydi, didst spill the blood of busera didst hold back hengyankyapta hirokin died before yet sooner in like fashion svivur from life was taken section five how should one periphrase baldur by calling him son of odin and frigg husband of nanna father of forseti possessor of hringhorni and draupnir adversary of hudr companion of hell god of tears ulfr uggason following the story of baldur has composed a long passage in the hustrapa and examples are recorded earlier to the effect that baldur is so termed section six how should one paraphrase njordur by calling him god of the vanir or kinsman of the vanir or wain father of freyr and freya god of wealth bestowal so says tordur sjarekson gudrun's self by ill her sons did kill the wise god-bride at the wain's side grieved men tell odin tamed steeds well twas not the saying hamdir spared sword-playing here it is recorded that skadi departed from njordr as has already been written section seven how should one paraphrase freyr thus by calling him son of njordr brother of freya and also god of vanir and kinsman of the vanir and wain and god of the fertile season and god of wealth gifts thus sang egil skalagrimson for that grotbjorn in goods and gear freyr and njordr have fairly blessed freyr is called adversary of belly even as ivinder spoiler of skalds sang when the earl's foe wished to inhabit the outer bounds of belly's hater he is the possessor of skidbladnir and of that boar which is called gold bristle even as it is told here ivaldi's offspring in ancient days went to shape skidbladnir foremost of ships fairly for freyr choicely for njordr's child thus speaks ulfr uggason the battle-bold freyr rideth first on the golden bristled barrow-boar to the bale-fire of baldr and leads the people the boar is also called fearful tusk section eight how should one paraphrase heimdallr by calling him son of nine mothers or watchman of the gods as already has been written or white god foe of loki seeker of freya's necklace a sword is called heimdallr's head for it is said that he was pierced by a man's head the tale thereof is told in heimdallr galdr 
and ever since a head is called heimdallr's measure a sword is called man's measure heimdallr is the possessor of gultopr he is also frequenter of vagasker and singastein where he contended with loki for the necklace brisingamen he is also called vindler ufer ugesen composed a long passage in the husdrapa on that legend and there it is written that they were in the form of seals heimdallr also is son of odin section nine how should one paraphrase tyr by calling him the one-handed god and fosterer of the wolf god of battles son of odin section ten how should one paraphrase bragi by calling him husband of idun first maker of poetry and the long-bearded god after his name a man who has a great beard is called beard bragi and son of odin section eleven how should one paraphrase vidar he may be called the silent god possessor of the iron shoe foe and slayer of fenris wolf avenger of the gods divine dweller in the homesteads of the fathers son of odin and brother of the aesir section twelve how should vali be paraphrased thus by calling him son of odur and rinder stepson of frigg brother of the aesir baldur's avenger foe and slayer of hudr dweller in the homesteads of the fathers section thirteen how should one paraphrase hudr thus by calling him the blind god baldur's slayer thrower of the mistletoe son of odin companion of hell foe of vali section fourteen how should ullr be paraphrased by calling him son of sif stepson of thor god of the snowshoe god of the bow hunting god god of the shield section fifteen how should hunir be paraphrased by calling him benchmate or companion or friend of odin the swift of god the long-footed and king of clay section sixteen how should one paraphrase loki thus call him son of farbauti and laufi or of Nal, brother of bielister and of helblindi father of the monster of van that is fenris wolf and of the vast monster that is the midgard serpent and of hel and nari and ali kinsman and uncle evil companion and benchmate of odin and the aesir visitor and chest-trapping of geirudr thief of the giants of the goat of brisingamen and of idun's apples kinsman of sleipnir husband of sigin foe of the gods harmer of sif's hair forger of evil the sly god slanderer and cheat of the gods contriver of baldur's death the bound god wrangling foe of heimdallr and of skadi even as ulfr ugesen sings here the famed rainbow's defender ready in wisdom striveth at singestein with loki farbauti's sin-sly offspring the son of mothers eight and one mighty in wrath possesses the stone ere loki cometh i make known songs of praise here it is written that heimdallr is the son of nine mothers section seventeen now an account shall be given of the source of those metaphors which have but now been recorded and of which no accounts were rendered before even such as bragi gave to aegir telling how thor had gone into the east to slay trolls and odin rode sleipnir into jutunheim 
and visited that giant who was named hrungnir hrungnir asked what manner of man he with the golden helm might be who rode through air and water and said that the stranger had a wondrous good steed odin said he would wager his head there was no horse in jotunheim that would prove equally good hrungnir answered that it was a good horse but declared that he had a much better paced horse which was called goldmane hrungnir had become angry and vaulted up onto his horse and galloped after him thinking to pay him for his boasting odin galloped so furiously that he was on the top of the next hill first but hrungnir was so filled with the giant's frenzy that he took no heed until he had come in beyond the gates of asgard when he came to the hall door the aesir invited him to drink he went within and ordered drink to be brought to him and then those flagons were brought in from which thor was wont to drink and hrungnir swilled from each in turn but when he had become drunken then big words were not wanting he boasted that he would lift up valhalla and carry it to jotunheim and sink asgard and kill all the gods save that he would take freya and sif home with him freya alone dared pour for him and he vowed that he would drink all the ale of the aesir but when his overbearing insolence became tiresome to the aesir they called on the name of thor straightway thor came into the hall brandishing his hammer and he was very wroth and asked who had advised that these dogs of giants be permitted to drink there or who had granted hrungnir safe conduct to be in valhalla or why freya should pour for him as at a feast of the aesir then hrungnir answered looking at thor with no friendly eyes and said that odin had invited him to drink and he was under his safe conduct thor declared that hrungnir should repent of that invitation before he got away hrungnir answered that asa thor would have scant renown for killing him weaponless as he was it were a greater trial of his courage if he dared fight with hrungnir on the border at grotunagard and it was a great folly said he when i left my shield and hone behind at home if i had my weapons here then we should try single combat but as matters stand i declare thee a coward if thou wilt slay me a weaponless man thor was by no means anxious to avoid the fight when challenged to the field for no one had ever offered him single combat before then hrungnir went his way and galloped furiously until he came to jotunheim the news of his journey was spread abroad among the giants and it became noised abroad that a meeting had been arranged between him and thor the giants deemed that they had much at stake who should win the victory since they looked for ill at thor's hands if hrungnir perished he being strongest of them all then the giants made a man of clay at grotunagard he was nine miles high and three broad under the armpits but they could get no heart big enough to fit him until they took one from a mare even that was not steadfast within him with thor came hrungnir had the heart which is notorious of hard stone and spiked with three corners even as the written character is since formed which men call hrungnir's heart his head also was of stone his shield too was stone wide and thick and he had the shield before him when he stood at grotunagard and waited for thor moreover he had a hone for a weapon and brandished it over his shoulders and he was not a pretty sight at one side of him stood the clay giant which was called mukurkalfi he was sore afraid and it is said that he wet himself when he saw thor thor went to the meeting-place and thialfi with him then thialfi ran forward to the spot 
where hrungnir stood and said to him thou standest unwarily giant having the shield before thee for thor has seen thee and comes hither down below the earth and will come at thee from beneath then hrungnir thrust the shield under his feet and stood upon it wielding the hone with both hands then speedily he saw lightnings and heard great claps of thunder then he saw thor in godlike anger who came forward furiously and swung the hammer and cast it at hrungnir from afar off hrungnir lifted up the hone in both hands and cast it against him it struck the hammer in flight and the hone burst in sunder one part fell to the earth and thence are come all the flint rocks the other burst on thor's head so that he fell forward to the earth but the hammer mjolnir struck hrungnir in the middle of the head and smashed his skull into small crumbs and he fell forward upon thor so that his foot lay over thor's neck thjalfi struck at mukarkofi and he fell with little glory thereupon thjalfi went over to thor and would have lifted hrungnir's foot off him but could not find sufficient strength straightway all the aesir came up when they learned that thor was fallen and would have lifted the foot from off him and could do nothing then magni came up son of thor and jarnsaxa he was then three nights old he cast the foot of hrungnir off thor and spake see how ill it is father that i came so late i had struck this giant dead with my fist methinks if i had met with him thor arose and welcomed his son saying that he should surely become great and i will give thee he said the horse gold mane which hrungnir possessed then odin spake and said that thor did wrong to give the good horse to the son of a giantess and not to his father thor went home to thrudvangar and the hone remained sticking in his head then came the wise woman who was called groa wife of arvandil the valiant she sang her spells over thor until the hone was loosened but when thor knew that and thought that there was hope that the hone might be removed he desired to reward groa for her leechcraft and make her glad and told her these things that he had waded from the north over icy stream and had borne arvandril in a basket on his back from the north out of jutenheim and he added for a token that one of arvandril's toes had stuck out of the basket and became frozen wherefore thor broke it off and cast it up into the heavens and made thereof the star called arvandril's toe thor said that it would not be long ere arvandil came home but groa was so rejoiced that she forgot her incantations and the hone was not loosened and stands yet in thor's head therefore it is forbidden to cast a hone across the floor for then the hone is stirred in thor's head theodofer of vin has made a song after this tale in the hauslung it says there on the high and painted surface of the hollow shield still further one may see how the giant's terror sought the home of Gjotun. the angry son of jord drove to the play of steel below him thundered the moonway rage swelled in the heart of mylie's brother all the bright god's high mansions burned before ullr's kinsman with hail the earth was beaten along his course when the he-goats drew the god of the smooth wain forward to meet the grisly giant the earth the spouse of odin straightway reft asunder no truce made baldur's brother with the bitter foe of earth folk rocks shook and crags were shivered the shining upper heaven burned i saw the giant of the boat-sailed sea-reef waver and give way fast before him 
seeing his warlike slayer swiftly the shining shield-rim shot neath the cliff-ward shoe-soles that was the wise god's mandate the war valkyries willed it the champion of the wasteland not long thereafter waited for the speedy blow delivered by the friend of the snout-troll's crusher he who of breath despoileth belly's baleful hirelings felled on the shield rim circled the fiend of the roaring mountain the monster of the glenfield before the mighty hammer sank when the hill dane's breaker struck down the hideous caitiff then the hone hard broken hurled by the ogress lover whirred into the brain ridge of earth's son that the wetter of steel sticking unloosened in the skull of odin's offspring stood there all besprinkled with einridi's blood until the wise ale goddess with wondrous lays enchanted the vaunted woe rust ruddy from the wain god's sloping temples painted on its circuit i see them clearly pictured the fair boss shield with stories figured i had from torleifer end of section seventeen recorded by expatriate in bangor maine Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7pm um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Skalds Kaparmo, sections 18 to 22, of the Prose Edda by Snorri Sturluson, translated by Arthur Gilchrist Brodeur, 1888 to 1971. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. The Poesy of Skalds, section 18. 
then said egir methinks hrungnir was of great might did thor accomplish yet more valorous deeds when he had to do with the trolls and bragi answered it is worthy to be told at length how thor went to geirudr's dwelling at that time he had not the hammer mjolnir with him nor his girdle of might nor the iron gauntlets and that was the fault of loki who went with him for once flying in his sport with frigg's hawk plumage it had happened to loki to fly for curiosity's sake into geirudr's court there he saw a great hall and alighted and looked in through the window and geirudr looked up and saw him and commanded that the bird be taken and brought to him but he who was sent could scarce get to the top of the wall so high was it and it seemed pleasant to loki to see the man striving with toil and pains to reach him and he thought it was not yet time to fly away until the other had accomplished the perilous climb when the man pressed hard after him then he stretched his wings for flight and thrust out vehemently but now his feet were stuck fast so loki was taken and brought before geirudr the giant but when geirudr saw his eyes he suspected that this might be a man and bade him answer but loki was silent then geirudr shut loki into a chest and starved him there three months and now when geirudr took him out and commanded him to speak loki told who he was and by way of ransom for his life he swore to geirudr with oaths that he would get thor to come to geirudr's dwelling in such a fashion that he should have neither hammer nor girdle of might with him thor came to spend the night with that giantess who was called Grider, mother of vidar the silent she told thor the truth concerning geirudr that he was a crafty giant and ill to deal with and she lent him the girdle of might and iron gloves which she possessed and her staff also which is called greeter's rod then thor proceeded to the river named vimur greatest of all rivers there he girded himself with the girdle of might and braced firmly downstream with greeter's rod and loki held on behind by the girdle of might when thor came to mid-current the river waxed so greatly that it broke high upon his shoulders then thor sang this wax thou not now vimur for i fain would wade thee into the giant's garth know thou if thou waxest then waxeth god's strength in me as high up as the heavens then thor saw gjalp daughter of geirudr standing in certain ravines one leg in each spanning the river and she was causing the spate then thor snatched up a great stone out of the river and cast it at her saying these words at its source should a river be stemmed nor did he miss that at which he threw in that moment he came to the shore and took hold of a rowan clump and so climbed out of the river whence comes the saying that rowan is thor's deliverance now when thor came before geirudr the companions were shown first into the goat fold for their entertainment and there was one chair there for a seat and thor sat there then he became aware that the chair moved under him up toward the roof he thrust greeter's rod up against the rafters and pushed back hard against the chair then there was a great crash and screaming followed under the chair had been geirudr's daughters gelp and gripe and he had broken both their backs then geirudr had thor called into the hall to play games there were great fires the whole length of the hall when thor came up over against geirudr 
then geirrodr took up a glowing bar of iron with the tongs and cast it at thor thor caught it with his iron gloves and raised the bar in the air but geirrodr leapt behind an iron pillar to save himself thor lifted up the bar and threw it and it passed through the pillar and through geirrodr and through the wall and so on out even into the earth eilifr gudrunarson has wrought verses on this story in tors drapa the winding sea-snake's father did while from home the slayer of the life of the god's grim foeman ever was lopter a liar the never faithful searcher of the heart of the fearless thunderer declared green ways were lying to the walled stead of geirrodr no long space thor let loki lure him to the going they yearned to overmaster thorn's offspring when the seeker of Edi's garth then giants greater in might made ready in ancient days for faring to the giant's seat from odin's further in the faring forward went warlike thjalfi with a divine host-cheerer than the deceiving lover of her of enchanted singing i chant the ale of odin the hill dame's mocker measured the moor with hollow foot-soles and the war-wanted journeyed till the hill-women's waster came to gangr's blood the vimur then loki's bale repeller eager in anger lavish of valour longed to struggle against the maid kinswoman of the sedge-cowled giant and the honour lessener of the lady of the sea-crag one foothold in the surging of the hail-rolled leaping hill-spate the rock-knave's swift pursuer passed the broad stream of his staff's road where the foam-flecked mighty rivers frothed with raging venom there they set the staves before them in the streaming grove of dogfish the wind-wood slippery pebbles smitten to speech slept not the clashing rod did rattle against the worn rocks and the rapid of the fells howled storm-smitten on the river's stony anvil the weaver of the girdle beheld the washing slope-stream fall on his hard-grown shoulders no help he found to save him the minisher of hill-folk caused might to grow within him even to the roof of heaven till the rushing flood should ebb the fair warriors of the aesir in battle-wise fast waited and the surging pool sward-sweeping stream the earth-drift's billow blown by the mighty tempest tugged with monstrous fury at the terrible oppressor of the earth-born tribe of cave-folk till thjalfi came uplifted on his lord thor's wide shield-strap that was a mighty thew-test for the prop of heaven the maidens of the harmful giant stiffly held the stream stubborn against them the giantess destroyer with greeter's staff fared sternly nor did their hearts of rancor droop in the men unblemished nor courage gainst the headlong fall of the current fail them a fiercer daring spirit flamed in the dauntless god's breast with terror thor's staunch heartstone trembled not nor thjalfi's and afterward the haters of the host of sword companions the shatterers of bucklers dinned on the shield of giants ere the destroying peoples of the shingle drift of monsters wrought the helm-play of hedin gainst the rock-dwelling marksmen the hostile folk of sea-heights fled before the oppressor of headland tribes the dalesmen of the hilltops imperilled fled when odin's kindred stood enduring staunchly 
the danes of the flood reef's border bow down to the flame shaker where the chiefs with thoughts of valour imbued marched into thorn's house a mighty crash resounded of the cave's ring-wall the slayer of the mountain reindeer people on the giant maiden's wide hood was brought in bitter peril there was baleful peace-talk and they pressed the high head bearing the piercing brow moon's eye-flame against the hill-hall's rafters on the high roof-tree broken he crushed those raging women the swinging storm-car's guider burst the stout ancient back-ridge and breast-bones of both women earth's son became familiar with knowledge strange the cavemen of the land of stone o'ercame not nor long with ale were merry the frightful elm-string's plucker the friend of sudri hurtled the hot bar in the forge fused into the hand of odin's gladdener so that gunnar's swift speeder seized the friend of Fea with quick hand-gulps the molten high-raised draught of metal when the firebrand glowing flew with maddened fury from the giant's gripping fingers to the grim sire of truder the hall of the doughty trembled when he dashed the massy forehead of the hill-white gainst the bottom of the house-wall's ancient column ullr's glorious stepsire with the glowing bar of mischief struck with his whole strength downward at the hill-knave's mid-girdle the god with gory hammer crushed utterly glamour's lineage the hunter of the kindred of the hearth-dame was victorious the plucker of the bow-string lacked not his people's valour the chariot-god who swiftly wrought grief to the giant's bench-thanes he to whom hosts make offering hewed down the dolt-like dwellers of the cloud abyss of elfholm crushing them with the fragment of greeter's rod the litter of hawks the race of listy could not harm the help-strong queller of ella's stone folk section nineteen how should one periphrase frigg call her daughter of fjorgin wife of odin mother of baldr co-wife of jord and rinder and gunnlod and gridr mother-in-law of nanna lady of the aesir and asinjur mistress of fulla and of the hawk plumage and of fensalir section twenty how should one periphrase freya thus by calling her daughter of fjordur sister of freyr wife of odir mother of hnas possessor of the slain of sesrumnir of the gibcats and of brisinga men goddess of the vanir lady of the vanir goddess beautiful in tears goddess of love all the goddesses may be paraphrased thus by calling them by the name of another and naming them in terms of their possessions or their works or their kindred section twenty one how should sif be paraphrased by calling her wife of thor mother of ullr fair-haired goddess co-wife of jarnsaxa mother of trudir section twenty two how should idun be paraphrased thus by calling her wife of bragi and keeper of the apples and the apples should be called age elixir of the aesir idun is also called spoil of the giant tiazi according to the tale that has been told before how he took her away from the aesir Childolfer of Finn composed verses after that tale in the Hauslung. 
how shall i make voice payment meetly for the shield bridge of the war wall torleifer gave me i survey the truceless fairing of the three gods strife foremost and tiatsi's on the shining cheek of the shield of battle the spoiler of the lady swiftly flew with tumult to meet the high god rulers long hence in eagle plumage the urn in old days lighted where the aesir meat were bearing to the fire-pit the giant of the rocks was called no faint-heart the skilful god-deceiver to the gods proved a stern sharer of bones the high instructor of aesir helmet-hooded saw some power checked the seething the sea-mew very crafty spake from the ancient tree-trunk loki was ill-willed toward him the wolfish monster ordered Miley's sire to deal him food from the holy trencher the friend of him of ravens to blow the fire was chosen the giant king flesh greedy sank down where the guileless craft-sparing gods were gathered the comely lord of all things commanded loki swiftly to part the bull's meat slaughtered by skadi's ringing bowstring among the folk but straightway the cunning food defiler of the aesir filched the quarters all four from the broad table and the hungry sire of giants savagely ate the yoke beast from the oak tree's sheltering branches that was in ancient ages ere the wise-minded loki warder of war spoil smote him boldest of foes of earth folk with a pole betwixt the shoulders the arm-burden then of sigin whom all the gods in bond see firmly forthwith was fastened to the fosterer of skadi to jutunheim's strong dweller the pole stuck and the fingers of loki too companion of hunir clung to the pole's end the bird of blood flew upward blithesome in his quarry a long way off with loki the lither god that almost wolf's sire was rent asunder thor's friend must sue for mercy such peace as he might purchase to pray nigh slain was luptir then hymir's kinsman ordered the crafty god pain maddened to wile to him the maiden who warded the aesir's age-cure ere long the necklace robber brisinga's thief lured slyly the dame of brunnacher's brooklet into the base one's dwelling at that the steep slope dwellers no sorrow felt then idun was from the south by giants new stolen come among them all ingvi frere's high kindred hoary and old to counsel hasted gruesome of fashion and ugly all the gods were this heard i that the staunch friend of hynir oft thereafter with wiles he tricked the aesir flew in hawk wings hidden and the vile sire of giants vigorous wing plume wielder hurtled on eagle pinion after the hawk-shaped loki swiftly the gods have kindled a fire and the sovereign rulers sustained the flame with shavings scorched was the flying giant he plunged down in mid-soaring tis pictured on the giant's soul-bridge the shield which painted with stories torleifer gave me this is the correct manner of paraphrasing the aesir to call each of them by the name of another and to designate him in terms of his works or his possessions or his kindred end of sections eighteen to twenty two recording by expatriate in bangor maine
Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and... Um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DE poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Njord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So, anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Skulls Kaparmal, sections 23 to 35 of the Prose Edda by Snorri Sturluson. Translated by Arthur Gilchrist Brodeur, 1888 to 1971. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. The Poesy of Skulls, section 23. How should the heaven be paraphrased? Thus, Call it Skull of Emir, and hence Giant Skull, Task or Burden of the Dwarves, or Helm of Vestry and Austri, Sudri or Nordri, Land of the Sun, of the Moon, and of the Stars of Heaven, of the Wanes and the Winds, Helm or House of the Air, and the Earth and the Sun, so sang Arnor Earl's Skald. So large of gifts ne'er mounted, young Lord of Shields on shipdeck, Neath the ancient skull of Emir, splendid this prince's largess. And as he sang again, bright grows the sun at dusking, the earth sinks into the dark sea, the toil of Austri bursteth, all the ocean on the fells breaks. Thus sang Budvar the halt, for never neath the sun's plain shall come a nobler landward, keener in battle onset, nor a brother of Ingi better and as Tjoldufr of Finn sang, Jord's son drove to the steel-play, high swelled the godlike anger in the mind of Miley's brother, and the moonway neath him quivered. Even as sang Ormir Beriskald, Lady of Draupnir's gore-streak, however great I know him, the wielder by right he ruleth, of the wain's road sees me gladly even as the skald Bragi sang, he who threw the dead eyes of Tiazi, Skadi's father, into the wind's wide basin, 
or the abodes of menfolk many and as marcus sang tis long since the dear-loved warder of seamen was born on the wave-girt earth-bottom of the storm container each man praises the sublime age of the ring dispenser even as stein herdesarsen sang i sing the holy ruler of the high world tent rather than men for very precious is he his praises tell i and as arnor earl skald sang help dear king of heaven the day's plain help my hermunder and as arnor sang further soothfast king of the sun tents help stout-hearted Ragnvaldr. and as hallvardr sang knuter wards the land as the ruler of all wards the radiant fell hall as arnor sang michael wise of understanding weighs what seems done ill and good things then the monarch of the sun's helm at the doom seat parts all mortals section twenty four how should one paraphrase the earth thus by calling her flesh of emir and mother of thor daughter of onar odin's bride co-wife of frigg and rinder and gunlod mother-in-law of sif floor and bottom of the storm hall sea of beasts daughter of night sister of outer and of day even as eyvinder skald despoiler sang now the beaming gold is hidden in the body of the mother of the giant's foe the counsels of a kindred strong are mighty as sang halfredder troublous skald in council twas determined that the king's friend wise in council should wed the land sole daughter of onar greenly wooded and he said further the raven abode's brave ruler got the broad-faced bride of odin the land with kingly counsels of weapons lured unto him even as tjoldrifer sang the ruler glad in warriors in the road hull doth fasten the ships of men to the strand's end at the head of the sea keel-ridden as halfredder sang full loath to let the land slip i hold the lordly spear-prince outer's sister is subjected to the splendid treasure spender thus sang tildofer far off when the dart slow sluggard stood when the sword inciter in ancient days took to him the unripe co-wife of rinder section twenty five how should one paraphrase the sea thus by calling it emir's blood visitor of the gods husband of ran father of egir's daughters of them who are called himingleva dufa blodughada hefring uder hrun bilgia bara kolga land of ran and of egir's daughters of ships and of ships names of the keel of beaks of planks and seams of fishes of ice way and road of sea-kings likewise encircler of islands house of sands and of kelp and of reefs land of fishing-gear of sea-fowls and of fair wind even as ormer berry's skald sang on the gravelly beach of good ships grates the blood of emir as refer sang the mild deer of the masthead beareth o'er the murky water from the westward her wave-pressed bows the land i look for before the beak the whale-home shallows even as stein sang 
when the fallow fell walls whirlwinds wove o'er the waves full fiercely and eager's storm-glad daughters tore of grim frost begotten and as refer sang gymir's wet-cold spaywife wiles the bear of twisted cables oft into eager's wide jaws where the angry billow breaketh it is said here that eager and gymir are both the same and he sang further and the sea-peak sleipnir slitteth the stormy breast rain-driven the wave with red stain running out of white ron's mouth as einar skulason sang the stern snow-wind has thrust out with strength the ship from landward the swanland steed sees iceland into the surf receding and as he sang further many a stiff rowlock straineth and the noisy strand of fish-gear the sea the lands o'ercometh men's hands oft span the stays and he sang yet further the grey isle-fetter urges hyte's raven ship onward gold beaks the fleet ships carry rich that faring to the chieftain and he sang again the isle-rim autumn chilly impels the dock's cold snowshoe and thus also the cool land's surging girdle before the beak springs asunder as snabjorn sang they say nine brides of skerries swiftly move the sea-churn of grotti's island flower-bin beyond the earth's last outskirt they who long the corny ale ground of amlodi the giver of rings now cuts with ship's beak the abiding place of boat sides here the sea is called amlodi's churn as einar skulason sang the sturdy drive-nails weaken in the swift swirl where paleth rockney's heaving plain wind puffs the reefs against the stays section twenty six how should one paraphrase the sun by calling her daughter of mundilfari sister of the moon wife of glenner fire of heaven and of the air even as skuli thorsteinsson sang glenner's god-blithe bedmate wadeth into the goddess's mansion with rays then the good light cometh of grey sark mani downward thus sang einar skulason where so the lofty flickering flame of the world's hall swimmeth o'er our loved friend who hateth and lavisheth the sea-gold section twenty seven how should the wind be paraphrased thus call it son of fornjotr brother of the sea and of fire scathe or ruin or hound or wolf of the wood or of the sail or of the rigging thus spake svein in the nordersetu drapa first began to fly fornjotr's sons ill-shapen section twenty eight how should one paraphrase fire thus call it brother of the wind and the sea ruin and destruction of wood and of houses halfer's bane son of houses section twenty nine how should winter be paraphrased thus call it son of vinsvalr destruction of serpents tempest season thus sang ormer steintorsen to the blind man i proffer this blessing vinsvalr's son thus sang asgrimr the warlike spoil bestower lavish of wealth that winter snake's woe in trondheim tarried the folk knew thy true actions section thirty 
how should one periphrase summer thus call it sonus fasudr and comfort of serpents and growth of men even as egil skalagrimson sang we shall wave our swords o dyer of wolf's teeth make them glitter a deed we have for reeking in the comfort of dale serpents section thirty one how should man be periphrased by his works by that which he gives or receives or does he may also be paraphrased in terms of his property those things which he possesses and if he be liberal of his liberality likewise in terms of the families from which he is descended as well as of those which have sprung from him how is one to paraphrase him in terms of these things thus by calling him accomplisher or performer of his goings or his conduct of his battles or sea voyages or huntings or weapons or ships and because he is a tester of weapons and a winner of battles the words for winner and wood being the same as are also those for tester and rowan therefore from these phrases skalds have called man ash or maple grove or other masculine tree names and paraphrased him in such expressions in terms of battles or ships or possessions it is also correct to paraphrase man with all the names of the aesir also with giant terms and this last is for the most part for mocking or libelous purposes paraphrasis with the names of elves is held to be favourable woman should be paraphrased with reference to all female garments gold and jewels ale or wine or any other drink or to that which she dispenses or gives likewise with reference to ale vessels and to all those things which it becomes her to perform or to give it is correct to paraphrase her thus by calling her giver or user of that of which she partakes but the words for giver and user are also names of trees therefore woman is called in metaphorical speech by all feminine tree names woman is paraphrased with reference to jewels or agates for this reason in heathen times what was called a stone necklace which they wore about the neck was a part of a woman's apparel now it is used figuratively in such a way as to paraphrase woman with stones and all names of stones woman is also metaphorically called by the names of asinir or the valkyrs or norns or women of supernatural kind it is also correct to paraphrase woman in terms of all her conduct or property or family section thirty two how should gold be paraphrased thus by calling it aegir's fire and needles of glacier hair of sif snood of fulla freya's tears talk and voice and word of giants draupnir's drop and rain or shower of draupnir or of freya's eyes otter's ransom force payment of the aesir seed of firis plain cairn roof of hulgi fire of all waters and of the hand stone and reef or gleam of the hand section thirty three wherefore is gold called aegir's fire this tale is to the same purport as we have told before aegir went to asgard to a feast but when he was ready to return home he invited odin and all the aesir to visit him in three months time first came odin and njuldr freyr tyr bragi vidar loki likewise the asinjur frigg freya gefjun skadi idun sif thor was not there having gone into the eastern lands to slay trolls 
when the gods had sat down in their places straightway ygir had bright gold brought in onto the floor of the hall and the gold gave forth light and illumined the hall like fire and it was used there for lights at his banquet even as in valhalla swords were used in place of fire then loki bandied sharp words with all the gods and slew one of ygir's thralls him who was called five finger another of his thralls was named fire kindler ran is the name of ygir's wife and their daughters are nine even as we have written before at this feast all things were self-served both food and ale and all implements needful to the feast then the aesir became aware that ran had that net wherein she was wont to catch all men who go upon the sea now this tale is to show whence it comes that gold is called fire or light or brightness of ygir of ran or of ygir's daughters and now such use is made of these metaphors that gold is called fire of the sea and of all names of the sea even as ygir or ran had names associated with the sea therefore gold is now called fire of waters or of rivers and of all river names but these names have fared just as other figures also have done the later skalds have composed after the examples of the old skalds even those examples which stood in their poems but were later expanded into such forms as seemed to later poets to be like what was written before as a lake is to the sea or the river to the lake or the brook to the river therefore all these are now called new figures when terms are expanded to greater length than what was recorded before and all this seems well and good so far as it concurs with verisimilitude in nature as bragi the skald sang i was given by the battler the fire of the brook of sea-fish he gave it me with mercy for the drink of the mountain giant section thirty four why is gold called the needles or leaves of glossir in asgard before the doors of valhalla there stands a grove which is called glossir and its leafage is all red gold even as is sung here glossir stands with golden leafage before the high gods halls far and wide this tree is the fairest known among gods and men section thirty five why is gold called sif's hair loki lafayarson for mischief's sake cut off all sif's hair but when thor learned of this he seized loki and would have broken every bone in him had he not sworn to get the black elves to make sif hair of gold such that it would grow like other hair after that loki went to those dwarves who are called ivaldi's sons and they made the hair in skidbladnir also and the spear which became odin's possession and was called gungnir then loki wagered his head with the dwarf called broker that broker's brother sindri could not make three other precious things equal in virtue to these now when they came to the smithy sindri laid a pigskin in the hearth and bade broker blow and did not cease work until he took out of the hearth that which he had laid therein but when he went out of the smithy while the other dwarf was blowing straightway a fly settled upon his hand and stung yet he blew on as before until the smith took the work out of the hearth and it was a boar with mane and bristles of gold next he laid gold in the hearth and bade broker blow and cease not from his blast until he should return he went out but again the fly came and settled on broker's neck and bit now half again as hard as before yet he blew even until the smith took from the hearth 
that gold ring which is called draupnir then sindri laid iron in the hearth and bade him blow saying that it would be spoiled if the blast failed straightway the fly settled between broker's eyes and stung his eyelid but when the blood fell into his eyes so that he could not see then he clutched at it with his hand as swiftly as he could while the bellows grew flat and he swept the fly from him then the smith came thither and said that it had come near to spoiling all that was in the hearth then he took from the forge a hammer put all the precious works into the hands of broker his brother and bade him go with them to asgard and claim the wager now when he and loki brought forward the precious gifts the aesir sat down in the seats of judgment and that verdict was to prevail which odin thor and freyr should render then loki gave odin the spear gungnir and to thor the hair which sif was to have and skidbladnir to freyr and told the virtues of all these things that the spear would never stop in its thrust the hair would grow to the flesh as soon as it came upon sif's head and skidbladnir would have a favouring breeze as soon as the sail was raised in whatsoever direction it might go but could be folded together like a napkin and be kept in freyr's pouch if he so desired then broker brought forward his gifts he gave to odin the ring saying that eight rings of the same weight would drop from it every ninth night to freyr he gave the boar saying that it could run through air and water better than any horse and it could never become so dark with night or gloom of the murky regions that there should not be sufficient light where he went such was the glow from its mane and bristles then he gave the hammer to thor and said that thor might smite as hard as he desires whatsoever might be before him and the hammer would not fail and if he threw it at anything it would never miss and never fly so far as not to return to his hand and if he desired he might keep it in his sark it was so small but indeed it was a flaw in the hammer that the forehaft was somewhat short this was their decision that the hammer was best of all the precious works and in it there was the greatest defence against the rime giants and they gave sentence that the dwarf should have his wager then loki offered to redeem his head but the dwarf said that there was no chance of this take me then quoth loki but when broker would have laid hands on him he was a long way off loki had with him those shoes with which he ran through air and over water then the dwarf prayed thor to catch him and thor did so then the dwarf would have hewn off his head but loki said that he might have the head but not the neck so the dwarf took a thong and a knife and would have bored a hole in loki's lips and stitched his mouth together but the knife did not cut then broker said that it would be better if his brothers all were there and even as he named it the all was there and pierced the lips he stitched the lips together and loki ripped the thong out of the edges that thong with which loki's mouth was sewn together is called vartari end of skalds kaparmal section thirty five recording by expatriate in bangor maine